Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only Monk Rewatch podcast that does not allow for one iota of Funkin'. I'm your host and lifelong Monk fan, Jake Christie, and joining me is uh, my compatriot, the man who I'm dragging along to watch all the episodes of Monk with me, Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Uh, Jake, I'm doing great, uh, but you are not dragging me into anything, baby. Don't, don't you worry about that. That Okay, so who I am running along with. Running on the beach. Yes. At, like for B roll of like uh, heart disease medication. We're running together on the beach. Anyway, uh, we're here to talk about Mr. Monk and the Billionaire Mugger. Um, an episode, I think, an episode title that definitely is inc- is incredibly intriguing. Like, you want to know what's going on with this Billionaire Mugger. Yeah. Um, I. <laughs> it's not exactly how I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to go a different direction. But I'm actually very um, relieved with the way it turned out in the end. It's a great episode. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it's a good episode. I think that uh, I think that it's funny how Monk has some episodes where like the title of it is either incredibly specific or incredibly general. It's like Mr. Monk and the Psychic. Okay, that's just it could be anything. Yeah. But Mr. Monk and the Billionaire Mugger. It's like not every show's got a Billionaire Mugger episode. No. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that Billionaire Mugger, uh, Sidney Teal. Yes. Um, I think a great name. I for see like you're taking Billy, notes uh, now. Uh, honestly, can I be honest with you? I remembered Sidney Teal even before I started watching the episode. I don't know why, but there have actually been times where I think for like a joke or something or other, I was trying to think of like insert a jo- of a billionaire like tech guy that wasn't like the big famous ones, and I was cycling through billionaire tech guys in my head. And this was a couple years ago. I'm like, is this this Sidney Teal? Oh no, no, that's a guy a monk. So like in my mind, he's he's like there's Jeff Bezos, there's Steve Jobs, there's Bill Gates, and there's Sidney Teal. They're all just as real guys. But uh, have you ever heard of yeah, Have you ever heard of Peter Teal? I have heard of Peter Teal. Um, yes, unfortunately, <laughs> I've heard of Peter Teal. Yeah. You, I mean, that's I'll be honest. With you, bringing up Peter Teal is a great way to to bring any conversation down. But anyway. Um, uh, so Sidney Teal, he's a rich tech guy. We're not 100 sure what he did just something with computers and we see him leaving his house he wants to take the ford uh and he takes the ford into san francisco but his only two options his only two options are the volvo or the ford which is like all right man this guy is the worst rich guy of all time i mean that is correct and i do uh i do love how he is just such a square like uh it it's made abundantly clear that he also I think that a, a rich guy a billionaire in like two thousand two didn't have like the uh, there there aren't a lot of Elon Musk's in two thousand two I feel like you couldn't just be a guy who uh, just wears t shirts and names your baby unpronounceable things as a tech billionaire back then you had to still like you know wear sweaters but anyway um, he drives into the city of San Francisco and uh, he puts on a fake mustache and he tries to mug a couple coming out of a movie theater that I believe is showing, like, Alfred Hitchcock movies. Psycho. Because, like, yeah, Psycho. Which I always love that movies and TV shows do that, where, like, obviously I think in Los Angeles it's different, but in most places, movie theaters are always showing new movies. Like, it's a very rare occasion where the where the placard outside the movie theater is going to be an old movie, but obviously since they can't anticipate what movie is going to be out by the time the episode comes out, that they have to, it's always, anytime there's ever a movie theater or anything, it's always showing old movies. But anyway. Um, Midnight Revival Theater is alive and well. I'm, I, that's fair. Uh, but anyway, uh, he pulls out a knife, 
and he's going to mug this guy. We later learn his name, something Modine. And Archie. He's Archie Modine. And he, and, you know, Sidney Teal says to Archie, don't be a hero. Archie pulls out a piece and shoots him three times. And that's the, that's the uh, cold open. Um, which I think is, I think is, answers, I mean, raises a lot of interesting questions. Is that your dad? Yes. I was trying to talk over him. Let me actually start that to say that again, just so I don't have to. I think that in this cold open, I think it raises a lot of questions in a way that you want a cold open to. Yeah, I think this is the most effective cold open uh, to date, in my opinion. Yeah, because it just, it's, it's, it. It has, like, no, um, you don't get a lot of context about who this guy is. It's all done visually. It's all done just with, like, showing how rich he is. And then, I don't know, I, th- I think it's really well done. Uh, but then I'll say, I'll say this real quick. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, being rich is way different now. But, like, being, according to our depiction of him being rich, it seemed like it sucked ass. It wasn't even that cool. Like, his house was whatever, driving Volvos and Fords. Like, it's so much cooler to be rich now. Oh, I think also I think the thing is that I think that the thing that they were trying to hammer home is even though he's rich, he's still a square. Like he's not. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so we, after the cold open, we find ourselves with Sharona who's walking down the street and she's trying to withdraw some money from her bank account and there's insufficient funds. Um, it's, that always stings. It's not, it's not a great feeling when that happens. Especially when it's from the savings account. Ooh. Yeah, thankfully that's never happened to me. And I don't think I've ever actually... I don't think I've ever tried to withdraw money and it didn't go through. But a card not going through is just... It really... It's 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 one of the few gut punches. Like, in modern society, a true gut punch you can get. Um, no, no. It's, and, it's the most embarrassing thing in the world. More so yeah. if, like, you're on a date, obviously. That's really bad. Uh, but, yeah. No, for sure. Go on. Yep. And then we cut to uh, Monk who is uh, pouring over case files about Trudy's murder, as he's wont to do. And when Sharona storms in, he knocks over his lamp, which is a key plot point <laughs> I, I, <laughs> later in the episode. Uh-huh. I, I just love um, the joke where it's like, where she's yelling about money, and it's like, what are we going to do about this? And he's like, I have to you know, sweep it up. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, and he's got such a nice place. Like, mm-hmm. obviously later on in the episode, there's like, cause this is basically the, the B plot, right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that Monk doesn't make any money and or like, he's just not, money doesn't matter to him. So he's a lot yeah. more willing to let it slide without asking like the, his clients to pay him, pay up. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's just, yeah, it's just interesting to see like how much further they take it in one episode. Like, of course, Sharona starts threatening she's gonna quit if she doesn't get paid. Which you know what? Like, that's great that Monk doesn't worry about money, but that's it's it's crucial for a woman who has a child. Please. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I actually wrote in my notes like this is not Monk being like a funny bad boss. This is him being like, dude, you're really like you're a yeah, bad boss. no, terrible. Yeah. And so. uh so yeah, Sharona is like, when they get the call to go to the crime scene, she's like, Monk, we have to talk about a 10% raise for every for every uh, bit of consulting we do. 
before we even do anything, before we do any investigating or any give any theories, and Monk is fully on board. And the moment he starts going up to the crime scene, he completely forgets that. <laughs> he folds like a like a tent, I believe is what he says. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, she says cheap suit, and he says that he folded more like a tent. Yeah. Which I think is correct. So, at the crime scene, uh, Stahlmeier does his classic Stahlmeier thing, where he um, explains out all the stuff going on, but, like, buries the lead about it being Sidney Teal, because Monk basically just, like, after he describes it, like, then why the hell am I here? This seems like a sim- really simple mugging gone wrong. And it's like, it's Sidney Teal. Yeah, no, it's, um... It... Wait, okay, hold on. You're, we're talking about how. Sorry, we'll cut this out. How when Stoudemire is describing what happened with the crime, uh-huh. Monk is like, at the end of the description, is basically like, "Well, why am I here? This seems pretty straightforward." Right. And then that's when Stoudemire says the victim is Sidney Teal, which, um, I think is just I think that's another great bit of uh, of just storytelling where you get to see Monk's reaction that they lay it out the whole way. Um, of all the things that make it not seem crazy, and then there's the one detail though that makes it a monk-worthy murder, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And he, the way that Monk reacts to it, like you could tell that he is very aware of this person. Like he knows mm-hmm. that he knows the gravity of the case right away. Mm-hmm. And what's the one detail yes. that they will? Uh, what's the last detail that they reveal that leads to like the funniest like part of this episode to me? I mean, I think that you want to say it, so say it. Uh, so apparently there was uh, a witness that that witnessed mm-hmm. the crime, and a couple of people say that they saw him and that it was a police officer, and that mm-hmm. it after the shots went off, the police officer ran off, right? Mm-hmm. Which leads to the nickname uh, that the media gives it, which is Freddy Cop, which is a great nickname. I think um, that's a freaking hilarious nickname for something that's so like yeah. innocuous. Mm-hmm. And I, also, I think that that's the thing that, of all the reasons we should save local journalism, I think that, like, I'm obsessed with, like, how local papers will have, like, characters in them. Like, Freddy Cup means nothing to anyone outside of San Francisco. I mean, the New York Post, which is a terrible publication, but, you know, it does still have some of these, like, where they'll get, come up with nicknames for, like, random civilians who just, like, if you read the New York Post, you know who this person is, but no one else does. That I love that Freddy Cop is just, like, a character. If you, if Freddy, Freddy Cop feels like a character in, like, a 50s crime movie. Oh, yeah, like, I know. Oh, you see that Freddy Cop? It's a total, like, noir, like, kind of deal. Like, Squeaky Ed or some... I don't even know. Yeah. But, yeah, that. Squeaky Ed. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It just came to my head. Um... Yes, so uh, we also learned that um, uh, Modine, the guy who shot uh, Sidney Teal, is a former police officer. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was carrying his gun. Now, the thing I want to bring up just right now, off the top, I think the guy who plays Modine is just is a is bad in this episode. I think he's a bad actor. I, he kind of took me out a couple scenes. Really, I didn't get that impression. I mean, I, I guess he didn't really stick out to me. I guess we'll get to it. But the scene where he's being interrogated, I thought that like. Uh, Ted Levine was just blowing him off the screen, but that's not here or there. Um, I mean, it's Ted Levine. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then we go to um, the Sydney Te- Sydney Teal's home, and we meet. Um, Wait, but real quick, uh, M- they like oh, sorry. in the process of all that. Uh, Monk is it Monk or Sharona that finds the keys? His keys. Oh, it's uh, Monk. 
Yeah, so he finds uh, Modine's keys that has like a very specific uh, like logo or lettering. It seemed to be Greek mm-hmm. lettering um, the first time you see it. And so I think that's when, what was the scene you were describing right now? Uh, when they go to uh, the Teal household. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and meet with Myra. Uh-huh. Uh, Mira. Mira, sorry, yes. Myra, Mira, Mira. They meet with Mira, and she seems very distraught and uh, talks about how he was, um, Sidney Teal was very boring, but he was going through a midlife crisis. Because, like, the theory that a lot of people, a lot of the cops start to have is that um, he started doing things like this as, like, for thrill-seeking reasons. Um, and uh, in fairness, that is a, that's a, that's the most reasonable explanation that I think no, anyone would think of, but... yeah. Um, but he, they basically find out that he's like super boring. That like, well, the way Monk points out is like he's never he's never been skydiving. He's never done any like the traditional risky things. Yeah. Typical adrenaline. And then, so, yeah, exactly. So when um, Monk and Shrona are leaving, Shrona's car won't start um, because she can't repair it. Because wait, wait, hold on. We forgot one <laughs> okay. thing. So when is it there? I think that's where it is. I think it's at that house. Was it? There? Oh no, that's when they go to his office. Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. I, I was gonna say I have you know I got some good notes here. All right. Uh, so they they need to fi- get the car fixed, and they end up talking. They they end up getting help from uh, Sid and Teal's mechanic, who I, to I borrow think the it's phrase a from the. What? Oh, driver, right. Yes, driver, mechanic, yeah. Uh, but to borrow a phrase from the Cinephobe podcast, I think the guy who plays his driver acts the shit out of the scene. I oh, think yeah. he's really like, yes. this is my scene. Yeah, 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 no, he definitely chooses the scenery. He's great, he's great. <laughs> it's bizarre, because it's like, ultimately, like, you don't really learn that much about, there's no, like, real major clues in that, in that scene, are there? Uh, no, not really. He just, like, I think the characterization that he says that Sidney Teal yeah. was the loneliest man in the world, I think that's the only, I, the only observation yeah. I took. Yeah. Um, and so, we learn that, and then there's a great bit where, uh, uh, where basically, she, uh, the driver asks Sharona if Monk's a good boss. Uh. <laughs> oh, right. Where, the answer's obviously no. I just, um. And also, there's a great bit where, I think earlier in the episode, when they're first driving, and um, there's, like, a sound coming from the car. Oh, no, it's actually, it's going to break down. Monk basically asks her, like, why didn't you get that fixed? And she just gives him a look, which I think is, uh, I think is real funny. And I think that and maybe in later episodes of Monk, they would probably stretch that bit out and make Monk not understand what that look meant. But yeah. I'm glad that Monk kind of just, like, all right, 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 um, yeah. I'm cheap and don't pay. Yeah, no, but it's so crazy because I literally went from this last episode um, at the asylum uh, feeling really bad for Monk. And like now I'm just like, come on, man, like she takes care of everything like this. It once. Well, OK, no, we'll get to that later. Yeah. So then the next scene, we are uh, in Stoudemire's office and uh, Disher comes in. And basically what you end up finding out is that. All anyone wants to talk about is Freddy Cop. That they're not, the case is not the important thing. Um, and then we learn that witnesses say that Freddy Cop ran away for several blocks. He took a cab, threw up in the backseat of it, <laughs> went to a bar, drank straight bourbon in the corner for like an hour, and, and then got picked up by his mother. And cried. 
Oh, and cried. Right, right, right. Now, a thing that I that got me hung up, and I don't know if this is the case. I assume that all police officers have their DNA on file, right? So wouldn't they be able to test the DNA of the vomit and tell that it's not actually a police officer? Or well, they, no, they, but didn't they say that they have? They they revealed that they had his blood type from the vomit in the car. Exactly. Yeah. So if they were, no, but if they were able to find his blood type, wouldn't they also be able to get DNA? Well, you would think, but I mean, would they have your DNA if you haven't been arrested before? I thought I would. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I would think that police officers have their DNA on file already, so then they can. Oh, so you'd be like, this guy's if they not a, cop. a crime scene. Yeah, exactly. Because okay. I assume that you have your DNA on file. Because then, if you're ever at a crime scene, that they know that your DNA is. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure. I would assume. Um, but honestly, that wouldn't surprise me if they were like, uh, if they didn't, because it seems pretty par for the course for them to be like. You know, we don't want... If a cop committed a crime, we don't want to know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Freddy Cop is the big problem that Stavar's facing in this episode. And... I think that it is definitely a good... It's a, it's a good C-plot um, to inject comedy into a bunch of scenes. Yes. Agreed. When was it that they revealed... When was it that they talked about... Um, that he was, like... A very square guy, but apparently he had been planning a vacation to go to Vegas to that go see is Tony Bennett. The next scene. Ah, the next scene. Yes. So they go to his office and they meet with his secretary. Um, to Sidney Teal's uh, office. Yes, yeah, Sidney Teal's office. My apologies. He goes to Sidney Teal's office and meet with the secretary, and we learn that um, he was planning on taking uh, Mira to Las Vegas to see Tony Bennett. Um, who is her favorite, uh, and that they were going to meet Tony Bennett. So that's nice. Um, yeah, I thought they were talking. Kind of a, I thought they were talking about the coach of the University of Virginia basketball team, but don't think I thought about that. making that joke. I really did. <laughs> I was like, should I go there? And it's like, no, probably not worth it. The demographic that this podcast is for is probably not looking for like you know uh, NCAA tournament jokes. But anyway, uh, I appreciate that you did. Um, so yes, they're going to meet Tony Bennett. They're going to ask about how he lost to UMBC when they were 16 seed. No. Um, <laughs> so they also find out they, – they also find that there are flowers that are delivered there that have the same Greek lettering as the Modian's keychain. So we store that information in the back. And then there's a great um, monk bit, like a monk cork bit with uh, – there's a dozen flowers and he takes mm-hmm. one out and tries to cut it to make it – uh, the right size so it doesn't stick out and he ends up cutting too much of it so then he has to cut the, the other ones off. to be that size yeah this guy and there, it has he uses he says something at the end of that that becomes sort of a catchphrase which i love which is um whenever he's doing something like that he says very honestly you'll thank me later okay <laughs> which is yeah that becomes a catchphrase the really the two catchphrases monk has are You'll thank me later, and it's a gift, dot, 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 and a curse, are the two ones he ends up having. Um, but uh, also there, Sharona gets a copy of his book, of Sidney Teal's book. A good episode. A good episode for Sharona, yeah. by the way. Just sh- yeah, Sharona, I think Sharona kind of gets, like, you know, the short end of the stick a lot of the time, and this is one where she doesn't. But um, naturally, in the next place they go, because this is obviously the most important thing that's going on for them, is they go to the lamp store. Um, more scenes in this episode take place in a lamp store than you would think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he first knocks over that lamp, I don't think that you would assume 
that they were going to spend a good 10 minutes of the episode in the last store. But yeah, honestly, yeah, and that Sharona would end up working there. Like, all right, man, this lamp store got serious run. I wonder if it's a real lamp store. And uh, also, it's pretty big. A lot of square footage for a lamp store in San Francisco. They must be selling a lot of lamps. <laughs> um, uh, but when they're there, uh, Monk finds the exact lamp he's looking for. Because obviously, he's looking for the same one he had. Cause... Yeah, there's no change in his life. And how many does he buy? He buys three. Smart guy. And what are the other two for? What are the other two for? <laughs> They're backup, of course. Because he, I mean, because of course, you need backup. Honestly, that's the smartest thing I could say. If you have the funds, granted, if you have the funds, you should, if you love something. Now, of course, the problem is that Monk doesn't have the funds. In fact, he doesn't have his wallet on him at all. Where is his wallet? It's getting buffed, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's getting buffed. <sighs> I, was, I wasn't even aware that was something you could do, so... I guess I need to get my wallet it's, buffed. It, I wasn't aware either, but it definitely seems like something Monk would do. Uh, it definitely tracks that Monk would get his wallet buffed. So Sharona ends up having... Well, she first ends up trying to uh, use her credit card, but it doesn't go through. And then so she instead has to pay by cash, which I don't know how she's carrying like $90 in cash around. That seems like a lot for someone who has no money, but whatever. So she has to buy these lamps for him. Do you think she um, gets child support? Uh, yes, I think, yes, I imagine so. Um, uh, we later, her husband is a, uh, uh, he lives in New Jersey, so, um, ah, I think he's probably sending over money. That explains the accent, okay. Yeah. Um, so, what they end up putting together, though, and it's kind of, this, this is put together off screen, really. I mean, it's that they end up finding out that Sidney Teal and Modine we're in the same fraternity in college. Phi Beta which, Tau. Yes. Which, uh, of course, Sharona dated a guy in Phi Beta uh-huh, Tau. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but a thing that I really... And I know that they kind of talk about it later, but it's like, there was a 0% chance they weren't going to find that out. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of a, a crazy... Yeah, uh, that that Modine thought that they wouldn't realize that they were in the same fraternity. Like, that's something that's pretty easy to to learn you know as much as we love leland and i guess disher as you tell me um mm-hmm. they really just are so easy to subscribe to the easy conclusions mm-hmm. right yeah exactly so modi though first to his credit doesn't pivoting basically and is like okay i'll come clean true i i was having a sex fair with his wife uh, we met at like a reunion at the college, and um, he found out, and he was trying to kill me. Ooh, hold on. We didn't mention the fact that Sharona ends up quitting at the lamp store, right? Oh, right, right, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because that's when Monk goes... No, wait, who's interviewing Monk? No, she doesn't. No she, no, she quits later. She quits later. Damn. Okay. She quits a few scenes later. Okay. Because, yeah. so, Modine tells Basie's like, he was trying to kill me, um, and I, you know didn't realize at the time i first didn't realize it was him and so i shot him yada 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 and that seems like an explanation that's good enough for stoudemire so mm-hmm. he has a press conference explaining that and the media do they care at all about that part of it nope what do you think they care about they care about the frady cop 
Now, Stoudemire does, I mean, he does encroach on press freedom when he says that anyone who asks him about Frady Cop will get banned from the press room for a year. That feels kind of a little Trumpian for my taste, but, you know, it's just what... Uh, it, I don't he probably should be a little more, uh, a little more even-handed. Um, but then we get to the scene where Sharona quits, because basically, they're, Sharona's submitting an invoice for, uh... The closing of the case, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Monk won't let her do it because he doesn't think that the case is fully solved. And I think that uh, it's... It is is a scene that it... I think that it is... I get why Monk's torn. Because on the one hand, Sharona wants to, you know, get the money so then Monk can pay her. On the other hand, though, like... If you believe that someone possibly could be getting away with murder, like, <laughs> you probably should stick to your guns. <laughs> right, yeah, no, I mean, clearly the situation must be dire, but, uh, you know, Monk, always the consummate professional, just pulls it at the last and, second. And we keep going back, we keep going back to talking about this guy, Leo Otterman, who apparently Monk recovered a Picasso for, that he can't, that he hasn't been paid for yet, he hasn't been paid for that job, Yeah. and so, like... Sharona's, okay, if you're not going to confront Leo Otterman, then we might as well get this. And then Sharona, Sharona quits. Um, Which, who would have Yeah, Would you have done the same? I, yeah. Yeah. And um, there's, as you might expect, when Monk's, you know, walking home from the police station, he gets shot at. Because, of course, he does. Um I honestly don't really know why the scene's in the episode. <laughs> I, I don't uh, either. It feels super, like, disjointed, and, like, it didn't really change anything. It just, like, let Monk know no. that clear. I mean, I guess he needed an indication for himself that, like, clearly he was pushing somebody's buttons or going too far. He, I mean, it gave him affirmation that he was, like... But, like, I down. also feel like he didn't... He wasn't pushing anyone's buttons. Like, I don't think... I don't think that at that point he was really getting close to figuring it out. Like, if I'm Modine, I don't think, like, oh, my God, Adrian Monk's definitely going to find out the truth unless I take a shot at him. It's like... I, I think, right. you know... That's true, because Monk wasn't like, even... Monk wasn't even the one that found... That had the the interview with Modine, right? That was Stottlemyre? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, well, I mean, Modine does know that Monk was the one who put the fraternity thing together. Um, right. Because basically, Stoudemire says that they got, like, that information from, like, outside sources. And, like, obviously that means Monk. So there's that. Um, but then we go to uh, the lamp store again where you see Sharon is now working. Um, and she's, uh, you know... Uh, what is, is it, she's not reading the book at this point. I think that we just cut there for a second, and then you hear people on the radio talking about Freddy Cop. Um, yes. Which feels so fake. The, the worst fake radio I don't know I've probably ever seen in anything. No, I mean, I don't have a lot of uh, examples to compare it to, but it stuck out to me, too. It's so funny. We're, like, picking up on the same thing. I mean, yeah, great minds, you know? But it's like, but it really feels like, it's like like a parody of a parody of Drive Time Radio. Like, hey, you hear about this Freddy cop? <laughs> like, that's kind of the whole... Yeah, is there like a fart noise and all that kind of like real typical radio DJ stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, and then we go back to uh, the, what looks like the most common place on Earth, if I'm being honest with you, Dr. Kroger's office. Like, the 
the water in the background. Like, it just, I, I, I get why he's a good therapist, because that just is, like, a perfect setup. Stuck. It's, it's so, what? It's so stuck. Exactly. But in a way that's, like, I, you can't tell me that that doesn't just, you wouldn't be so put at ease if you walked into that room. Like, I, I've seen the man eat like, pasta before. I don't know if I'd be at ease with anything. That's fair, but also, I mean, I can't really judge anyone for being messy at... I mean, actually, I'm not a messy eater. I'm bad at uh, drinking things and having all of it get into my mouth. I spill a lot. but um, So I can't really judge anyone like for that. Um, but basically, we find out that Monk hasn't paid Dr. Kroger for the last nine sessions. Um, this guy's... He's got to stop stiffing people. No, for real. Like He's like the luckiest guy. I mean, the good thing is, like, he doesn't live a flashy lifestyle, so you know he's not spending the money anywhere else. So uh, yeah. it's just, like, you really have to take him at his word when he says that he's not a person that thinks of money. But how does he pay his rent? How does he do these things? Does Sharona do all this for him? I, you would have to assume. Uh, probably. I would say yes, probably. Um, she should write herself a check. Yeah. And I also think, though, well, remember the check bounce that he wrote her. That's oh, right, right. Um, that I think... I think it does track, though, with his OCD and other ailments that people with obsessive-compulsive disorder, I can speak from experience and just, you know, knowledge, are when, like they say, they don't think about something, they, like, it's easy for, he just literally doesn't think about it. Like, it, and it's like in a, I don't don't know if this is specifically for Monk, but I think for myself and other people that something like money causes anxiety and so you're able like you literally like use full you just don't ever think about it because to think about it causes you such uncomfortability and distress that you just refuse to and you you know uh get yourself into debt and stuff like that and i mean i've definitely spent money i didn't need to because i was actively trying not to think about money because it made me anxious so i i definitely i understand uh i think that i think when he says, I don't think about money, I think that that's different than, like, if a regular person said it. I think when he says it, it's like, I don't think about money because thinking about money is uncomfortable. And I don't think about money for the same reason I don't, you know, climb ladders because it's the same fear. Um, and I think that, they, you know, talk about how Trudy paid a lot of the stuff for him mm-hmm. and, like, took care of their bills. And I think that to have to do that probably brings up bad anxieties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there, this scene does end with a great line. I don't know if you remember what he says to uh, to Doctor Kroger. Uh, no, no, I don't know. That he feels so bad about being short, and he says that he's feeling a lot of anxiety about it. And short and quit, yada yada yada. And so until he's able to pay Doctor Kroger back, he needs oh. to start having sessions twice a week. Yeah, he needs to cut down. Good for him. Nice, nice man. No, 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 not cut down. Go more. He's de- twice a week. Oh, I thought he. Okay, wow. I totally read that differently. Yeah. Okay. No, because it's because he's like he's like I feel so anxious that I need to see you twice a week until I start paying you again. <laughs> I just assume this guy went to like seven days, five days a week. Yeah, he. I mean, I think later on they. He, I think he just keeps going to two days a week because that seems like from my memory that's usually what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, it's he, he probably does need to go twice a week. I mean, um, yes. You know, I if I go to th- once a week, Monk should definitely be going to therapy more than I do, and uh, <laughs> I go once a week usually. So um, anyway, we go back to the lamp store as you might expect, um, and Sharona is reading Sidney Teal's book, and she mm. finds something. 
Uh, yeah, so she finds out, well, there's this uh, nice anecdote that Teal wrote about how he wasn't very good with the ladies in college, right? Yes, but I just want to point out, they don't get all, the book doesn't go much further than this. All the book says is that he was mugged on a date. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that he was mugged on a date and he, like, fought them off. And basically, like, you know, he saved the girl that he was dating and it looked good for him and whatever. So that's the important detail she finds out from. Yes. And yeah. Good. And then we cut, intercut back to Monk, who is uh, well, pouring over documents with um, about Trudy's murder again. And uh, they're a thing that doesn't really add up with his OCD specifically because like I don't like moments where I feel like I have worse OCD than Monk does that I can't eat things like with my hands and like touch anything really like a computer or documents and there's no way Monk is eating like crackers and grapes and then touching the documents for his wife's murder like if I wouldn't do that there's no way Monk's doing that yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't... I agree and, and I yeah and I think that from or later on I think they probably would have him like using chopsticks or something because um, also I think that'd be funny but he uh, then she finds a slip of paper that says Kelly Street eight I mean five thirty Kelly Street on it, and um, we cut away from that. And then Sharona is meeting with the girl mentioned in Sidney Teal's book, who uh, was mugged. And there's an important detail that she gives about the mugging. Um. Oh, that it was was it that it was a setup? No, she doesn't know it was a setup. Oh, did they that, say the same exact thing? Don't yes, be a hero. That the mother yes. yeah. says, don't be a hero. Yes. Um, and that's, of course, I don't think we mentioned it at the top, but you just watched the episode, guys. You know what No, you, you mentioned it. You mentioned uh, it. Yeah, yeah. He says, don't be. Oh, I did mention it? Yeah, yeah. Thank God. I'm so glad. I, I was trying. I, I thought I might have screwed up. Uh, but yeah, so that's also what the mugger, that what Sidney Teal said when he was mugging Modine. So that's a big deal. But then we also, then we cut to... Uh, Monk shows up at this house that I want you to talk about this scene because, as we talked about several times, I uh, you're a big Twin Peaks fan and I never watched it. Uh, and uh, this, fe- even though I haven't watched Twin Peaks, this scene feels eerie in a way that I think that you have a good insight in it because it, it feels like it's for a different show. You know what I mean? Uh, wait, when he goes to Otterman's house? No, when he goes to Kelly Street. Oh yeah, no, okay that. You're totally right. I, I I identified the whole like taxidermied animals for sure because that's the thing that happens. So basically, Monk shows up to 530 Kelly Street. Um, well, no, he doesn't show up to 530 Kelly Street. 530 Kelly Street is not an address of the person. Someone named Kelly Street. Um, oh, all, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. And he was meeting them at 530, right? That's what yes. the note was. And what was the name that yes, was? And he's met. It was talking he about. He's met by your sister. Right, but what did, what else did the note say? It was in reference to like a Mr. Nixon or like a do- Mr. Dixon. No, uh, no, I think that that's just what the sister says. It probably was about. I don't think it actually, uh, or maybe it does. I, it, it actually yeah. doesn't matter. All that matters is that there's a taxidermy dog, but it's not the dog that Monk first sees because Monk assumes that there's a dog that's in the room and Monk assumes that, that it's the taxidermy dog, but then it like barks at him, which is a generally creepy moment. Like, no, for sure. I was like, no, that's a real dog. There's no way. It looks way too real. And so, um, so yeah, it's so he gets scared off. Uh, but then the actual Kelly Street shows up, and she 
Expl- well, when she sees him, she's like, oh, you're back again, you know, implying that she's mm-hmm. seen Monk before. And he's like, uh, well, what are you talking about? I, I don't I don't know who you are. And she's like, oh, yeah, you come here every year uh, asking the same question about, you know, trying to get to the bottom of Trudy's murder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, then you're brought back into sadness again when you realize. And I, when I first watched, it, I was like, oh, my God. So, like, he does several things all the time, like. Mm-hmm. I, it's obvious that he I mean we know that he can't let it go but for him to actually he seems to be having blackouts about this kind of stuff that he does which is heartbreaking I think that it's I think it's probably related to moments of stress of like him not having Sharona um, oh yeah I imagine that it's yes. probably like whenever he's but I, I just think that like I was saying I think that the scene is just so weird tonally in like a great way that like uh-huh. it, it it really does feel like it's in a completely different show um and, like, even, like, that you come here every year. Like, it feels like the end of The Shining. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, it does. But, like, my question is, and I don't know if you could answer this, but it, sure. is, is there any relevance to, like, this scene? In the no, I think that they just want to show that he's, that he's having a mental breakdown. Gotcha. And like, I, th- I, I think it doesn't fit that much in the episode, but I think it's a great individual scene. Like, I think it's... It, yes. it, it really... It, it feels like a complete detour for no reason. But it is, like... So like I I had forgotten how it ended because I haven't seen this episode wasn't on as much in rotation, um in like uh, monk marathons when I was growing up, but so I haven't seen it in a while and I completely forgot how that en- bit ended and it's like oh my god like this is scary yeah um and like the way like the production design on the the house is like really great um it's like it, some I, great it just, it's shit. overall like. Yeah, I don't know who directed this episode. I forgot to look it up, but like, I hope that he went on to direct some other good stuff. And I assume he probably didn't because he was directing a basic cable uh, procedural. But it's gr- great stuff. Um, so uh, we then go to when Monk is in, leaves Kelly Street. And he's walking down the street. He sees Leo Otterman, this guy that he recovered a Picasso for, mm-hmm. and he is demanding that he gets paid and he finally steps up he's like no you're gonna pay me and he stands in front of Lee Ottoman's car and says that if you're gonna want to leave without paying me you have to run me over and they back up the car and just simply go all the way around him and Monk is just there like a chump yes uh it is uh you you know how it, I, at least I feel like it's pretty obvious how the joke's gonna play out mm-hmm. but it is still funny yeah um but then Sharona shows up out of the blue. Uh, I think she—I forget how she finds him. Um, but uh, and then she's basically like, "I, I got it. I solved it." Um, and she like, you know, talks about the mugging, yada yada yada. This is and my favorite then, thing. This is my favorite thing about every episode of Monk. It's like there has to be like a a, a grand convention of everybody that's involved in the case, mm-hmm. and they all have to meet at one spot and mm-hmm. basically have the crime explained mm-hmm. to them. I hope that real life is like that. I really do. I, I don't think it is, but I do love that Monk does it. Because it is something that Monk, Monk continuously does. Like, obviously, sometimes there are times where it doesn't, like, they plan it. But, like, I would say pro- at least 45% of Monk episodes end with everyone around. Yeah. Because, basically, you get everyone, every single person involved is put in, meets in Sidney Seal's living room. And there's a great bit, I think, where Monk and Sharona go back and forth, handing off that here's what happened. Yeah, because um, Monk could tell that, and, like, Sharona, yeah. like, she cracked it. I mean, she basically, you know, mm-hmm. gave him all the relevant information. And so 
he wants to give her in some weird he wants to give her like credit in a way so she tells mm-hmm. parts of the story and then he takes over so i don't remember exactly why they keep switching it off or like how it happened because i know because i think that monks saying stuff and then sort of spilling stuff in and keep going ah and yes like, oh, sorry yeah 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 but and so you know i'm gonna ask you know what i'm gonna ask you andre this is the sixth time i've done it <sighs> yeah he says here's what happened what happened okay so uh, so essentially Modine and Sidney Teal were friends uh, at a fraternity in college. Mm-hmm. And Teal used Modine. Was it Modine's idea? Or was it... No, it was Teal's idea. I think so, yes. Okay, it was Modine's idea. Oh, yeah, he was just like, hey, well, you know, if in order to help you out with this girl, like, let me just pretend to mug you and then you'll stick me up and basically save the mm-hmm. day and bang, 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 whatever. So that all happens, and, and, and that's great and stuff. And so we mentioned, you mentioned previously that uh, Teal's wife had met Modine, and so that's why there was that whole affair thing. So, but essentially, they kind of like had a thing together where they actually fell in love, and they wanted to like you know run off together. So they decided that you know let's just have we can use this to our advantage. So mm-hmm. Modine was going to ca- cash in his chip basically to have Teal return the favor. And mm-hmm. so he did, obviously Teal did not know about the ultimate grisly result, but so he set it up so that he would return the favor and then Modine would just shoot him dead. And it would just look like it was mm-hmm. a self-defense thing because he knew also about the affair. Correct. Mm-hmm. Did he, wait, yes. he knew about the affair, right? No, he didn't. Ah. That that was their their backup plan. Basically, was okay. And if it comes out that there was an affair, then we'll just say that then he knew about it. It was yeah. Okay, yeah. And so there you go. And apparently, I, the only thing I was puzzled about is like, why did they need to hire a fake cop? They didn't need to hire a fake cop. Uh, Sidney Teal, in order to make it more interesting. Hired a fake cop to oh, go right. up. Oh right, and that was the wild card. To say, yeah, to say uh, that's a heroic act. To, yeah, to say that was a heroic act, which and that cop is of course. Um, oh, he's Freddy Cop. Yeah, he's a guy mm-hmm. Freddy Cop. Uh, but what, like his name? No, I don't remember his name. I'm not, you know, a savant. Um, that yeah. So they, uh, that's Freddy Cop, and um, he basically saw everything. A thing that kind of sticks out being dumb is that they say that there was only one cop uniform rented from a costume shop that night, which feels like no, it wasn't. Like, come on. Yeah, like, rented. and, yeah, okay. I'm sure it's super easy to find all the costume shops in the city in, like, 12 hours because I don't think she had long work mm-hmm. on that lead. No, she didn't. Um, and then... Uh, Mira basically is like, it was all him. I didn't know anything about this. And Modine is just wildin'. He pulls out a gun. Yeah. No, he pulls out a gun, threatens to shoot everybody, and your boy, Disher, finds an mm-hmm. opening and takes him down, and and he's done. Modine. But not before one Freddy cop runs away from uh-huh. all the media. Mm-hmm. And, that, uh, and then Stahlmeier says that, uh, t- tells Disher to shoot him, which doesn't feel great. Uh huh, um, and then but then he says and then Disher correctly says I can't sir and then Stamar says then shoot me, um, which is great uh, and yeah so that's that's what happened uh, you did a good job um, 
a, th- a note I had in this scene, just because I was getting confused when I was writing my notes, was sure. that I feel like Sidney Teal looks too much like actor Matthew Modine for the other guy to be named Modine. Because when I hear Modine in my head, I think of Sidney Teal. He kind of does much. look like Matthew Modine, you're right. He looks too much like him in order for them to do that. Um, but, you know, they probably they wrote it before the cast, and yada, yada, yada. But uh, then uh, we get the, the, end, the, the end tag of the episode where they meet up with Leo Otterman. And they get him to pay because they bring the police. They get the police involved. They bring they bring the fake cop to shake him down. Mm-hmm. It is a shakedown. The thing is, because it's not actually a police officer, it is a shakedown. Even though they, he does owe them money, they are shaking him down. Yeah, absolutely. I'm calling the cops on them. Um, so, yeah. yeah and, and I guess uh, Otterman recognized him, right? Because he's mm-hmm. like, I've seen you yeah. before. And then they all take off running. And end, mm-hmm. end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, what would you rate this episode? Um, you know, th- and that's the funny thing about it. It's uh, it was a good episode. I liked it. I actually gave it an eight out of ten. Um, mm. but for whatever reason, I feel like this one was a little harder to talk about. I don't know why. Yeah, the, it's just like there's fewer, I think there's fewer a- bits like to to latch on. I think there's also just so much. Um, there's so much plot happening that you like you kind of almost have to just explain minute by minute what happens yeah and it's um, super hard to explain the plot of it because you're like okay when did he tell her like when did he know about him being mm-hmm. like in the frat with him like there's so many details like that and the timeline i don't know for whatever reason gets super jumbled to me um, yeah yeah and i think also because you have uh sharona and monk aren't in the same place for a lot of the episode. And so you have bits where, like, they're cutting That's back true. and forth between things. Um, and, like, there's also the... The fact that there are multiple scenes in the lamp store is confusing because you're like, when did that happen then? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a good episode. I would actually give it a 7.5. Um, uh, oh! But I think it is... I think ooh, it's the, yeah, that's no. the first one that I've rated higher than you have. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not going to happen that often. But... Um, yeah, I think that it's definitely good. I think that the Sharona uh, quitting stuff, I think that, I think a lot of it didn't work as well as it could have, but only because they do that bit so often beforehand where it's like, it doesn't feel novel. Like, the fact that she actually does quit, like, is like, sure, that's, in, you know, but, but it it's like we're doing this again, she's going to threaten to quit again. Like, I think that they kind of overplayed their hand in the first five episodes. Oh, I'm I'm that. I'm sick. To be honest with you, I'm sick of it already. But you know, yeah, it, it's it is. A, it's one of the worst things of the show. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah. No, it's fine. I'll get over it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty good episode. I think that, like I said, I think the conceit of it is really interesting. Um. Just I mean, a billionaire mugger. I mean, it's really uh, um. It, it, it's. It's one of those conceits that um, before you even just come up with what what actually happened, like if you're in a room for like a procedural show and you pitch a mugger gets killed in self-defense, but that mugger is a, bill- a tech billionaire, that's an, that's an amazing pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's hard to find any faults with that, for sure. I don't think I've ever yeah. heard of a storyline like that, personally. No, and it's it's definitely a really fun one, and uh, I, I think that that's the, the the A plot is definitely my favorite part of the episode. The reason it's seven point five for me is because the B stuff is I think kind of uh, you know is kind of annoying after a while, but still no, a good no, episode. No, no crazy uh, guest stars either, right? No, no one. Really no, knows. yeah, I, I'm always on the lookout for crazy guest stars. I didn't recognize anyone, um, but uh, 
shouts to um, shouts to the guy who looks who plays Sidney Teal looking a little like Matthew Modine. Um, I mean, Matthew Modine. If the show was on now, Matthew Modine probably would play that role. Um, both because Matthew Modine is less successful, and because cable television has more guest stars. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so yeah, um, Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at, at Andre Barrera on Twitter. Yep. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Follow this show at Strictly Munkin on Twitter. There's no G on the end of that. No spaces, anything. Uh, and please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Um, last night we actually had uh, social distance company over. We had people who live in my parents' like gated community that I'm staying with, staying at. Uh, that they sat like you know six feet across from us in our uh, like pool area. And the one of them does listen to the show. So really, hello. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening and the kind words you said. Um, and so oh, and I'm just saying, if you have someone in your life, you know, okay. You watch monkeys, whatever. But if you have someone in your life who doesn't listen to podcasts, like your mother or your aunt, and they love Monk, believe me, I got my mom. I taught my mom how to listen to podcasts, and she's almost helpless in other technological things. So, um, I, I mean, we need those numbers. We, we, if if this show isn't the most successful TV recap podcast in the mother and aunt demographic, what are we even doing, right? Like, come on. I think Big Little Lies, man. I don't know. That's gonna. We're coming for That's you. True. We're coming That's true. That's true. You're right. Big Little Lies. That is true. Although, I mean, my mom couldn't find premium cable if it was like one channel up. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, and I'm excited that we get to talk next week. An episode I have only seen like twice actually that I don't have a ton of memory of. Of course, I remember everything that happened because of me. But um, next week we're gonna be talking about Mr. Monk and the other woman. Let's get monkey!